me offer a prayer together. Jesus, we confess that we don't know what we need to know all the time. We confess that we don't pray as we need to pray all the time. But we do understand that the battle does belong to you. And so we kneel before you, we surrender our hearts to you. We ask that in some wonderful way by your spirit, you would speak to us today, each and every one of us, through the, through the word that is sung, through the word that is uh, prayed, through the word that is preached, Lord, let this be a time when you speak to each of us in some deep and comforting way. Would you guide our time, please? We ask it in your name. Amen. Last week, Brentley uh, preached on the previous passage that I'm going to talk about today, and there was one passage that just kind of stood out to me that Brentley uh, talked about. Apostle Paul penned it this way. He said, this one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on to the goal to win the prize for which God has called us heavenward in Christ Jesus. That little line has just been echoing in my mind uh, the whole last week, just trying to think through, so what am I doing to put everything behind? What am I doing to press on toward the goal of knowing my Lord and Savior? And my mind went through all the typical things. We talk about the individual sustaining practices we can do, right? Like prayer and Bible study and fasting, those types of things. But I, I went further than that. I said, okay, so Lord, what can I do with someone else? What can we do together that might be a sustaining practice that has a profound difference in how well I am able to follow the Lord and make him my sole pursuit. Well, I think that Paul answers that question for us in the text that I've been assigned to preach today. And I'm looking forward to sharing it with you, but I wanna do it a little bit of a different way, okay? Typically, I walk through the front door by unpacking the entire text and then giving a summary of the conclusion, you know, and that type of application, that type of thing. Today, I, I feel like it's best to walk through the back door today. What I want to do is unpack the conclusion first, and then use the whole text as kind of a, a summary statement. And the conclusion is found right up in the very front in verse 17. The Apostle Paul writes, Join together in following my example, brothers and sisters, and just as you have us as a model, keep your eyes on those who live as we do. If you are a child joining us online or in person here, you're, you're hanging out with your, your family, um, I am excited to have you here because I think that this is something that you guys can understand completely. And I know that it's something that the younger ones among us, that if you learn to practice this thing that I'm going to talk about on a regular basis, that it will bring a greater blessing into your life, a greater blessing than your parents or any other adult will experience. It's that important. And I'll share more about that in, in a little bit. But if you are here and you're young and you want to draw something for me today, I'd like you to draw something for me. It's a, there's a piece of paper on the clipboard in the back, or if you're at home, you can download it or just grab any blank sheet. This will work too. Kids, I'd love for you to draw a picture for me of what you like to do with your friends. It might be all kinds of games or toys or whatever, but you're just, or just one, it doesn't matter. But just draw a picture of what you enjoy doing with your friends. And a little bit later in the service, I'm going to have you include something else if it's not already on your page. As for the rest of us, those of us who may not have um, anything to draw with at this point, <laughs> I'd like you to think about the friends that you have. Some of us, that's decades long, you know, but, but think about the friends you have. Think about the friends over those years and, 
And which one or which ones just kind of rise to the surface as being a really good friend? And as that person rises to the surface, just kind of peel back the layers a little bit and ask the question, what about that relationship makes it so rich and so good for you? I bring this up because friendship is uh, kind of the back door to our text this morning. But the kind of friendship that Paul is talking about in Philippians chapter 3 um, is not the kind of friendship that we see in the world. It's, the worldly friendship is kind of generic, but Paul has a very specific thing in mind. And it seems to me that many of us in our day misunderstand what a friend is and what a friend does. We've kind of undervalued it. We kind of put it in the category of acquaintance or colleague. But let me tell you, the very fact that God calls us friend, the very fact that he uses the word friend to describe the kind of relationship he wants to have with us, I think that tells us that the word has a whole lot more going for it than we realize. And I'd go so far to say that the friendship that uh, God wants to see in our lives cannot be accomplished apart from faith in Jesus Christ. And even for those who do have faith in Jesus Christ, it's going to take some work. Because each and every one of us, right, we still have hidden faults, we still have willful sins, we still have garbage we've picked up over the years that, that kind of inhibit our ability to relate to one another the way that God intends. So the friendship I'm talking about is a friendship that comes from God, it finds its source in God, and is empowered by His Holy Spirit. And when we practice this kind of friendship, God uses it as one of His primary tools to mold us into His people, there's the community aspect, and to mold us or transform us individually into His image. And over the, over the years, this kind of friendship has gone by many names in the church over the last 2,000 years, but a covenant we choose to call it spiritual friendship. Spiritual friendship shares um, many similarities with what I'd call typical friendship, and, and yet those similarities are something that, that spiritual friendship takes and gives a brand new clarity of focus and a brand new depth of meaning and purpose. Both kinds, spiritual and typical friendship, they both contain the same kinds of things. For instance, they both include a sharing of a love and a passion for something. So it might be coin collecting, quilting, or sports, or something that you do together, or something that you hold together. But in a spiritual friendship, the thing that we hold as the same love and the same passion is our relentless pursuit of Jesus Christ. We want that other person to help us as we help them give all they can to learn how to surrender to his name. You see, spiritual friends want more than just our happiness and our well-being. Spiritual friends want nothing less than our complete wholeness in Christ and our holiness in Christ. Now, both kinds of friendships, they, of course, they rely on things like honesty, intimacy, and mutuality, of course. But spiritual friends go beyond that which can be seen or experienced. Spiritual friends focus on what's going on in the inner part of their life, in their heart's motive, as they help one another surrender every part of life. To the Lord Jesus. This kind of um, soul intimacy takes some work to be able to generate and be able to nurture. It doesn't come easy. It takes some time, some trust and faith. If I put it this way, I could say this, that a spiritual friend will meet you where you are and accept you just as you are, as you do the same for them. You meet them where they are in their walk and accept them as they are, and then you join together helping each other learn to surrender to Jesus. 
whether the friendship is for a brief season or for decades long. Spiritual friends help one another focus on the inner part of the journey. So many times when we talk with our friends in the church, we, we focus on the external, right? And while accountability to do the right things is part of this relationship, the primary thing in this is seeking to find that heart motive, as I talked about, as we help one another align our inner world to the will of God. For that reason, spiritual friendship is more about learning a loving surrender than a willful obedience. The difference is, of course, a willing surrender says, Lord, I surrender to you in every area of my life. Have your way in me. And a willful obedience says, I will do this thing I've got to do. Spiritual friendship helps us uh, focus more on the direction than on perfection. Direction, am I going in the proper direction? Am I moving toward Christ rather than perfection? Am I doing everything the right way? Like the disciples traveling on the road to Emmaus after the resurrection, um, Jesus does something very mysterious and beautiful within spiritual friendships. Whether or not we recognize him, he is present amongst us. He is warming our hearts with his word, and he is helping guide our steps along the way. Now, my first real experience with spiritual friendships happened back in 1993 here at Covenant, when I was able to gather with three other brothers. It was Dan, Chris, and John. Remember them well. And we really didn't have anything much in common except our love for Jesus. And when we got together, all we really did was talk about what was going on in our world, talk about what was going on in our life. Sometimes we'd read a book, sometimes we'd look at a scripture passage, but the primary thing we were doing was to help one another keep Jesus as the primary focus. We walked together for a season, and while time and distance have caused me to uh, lose track of where Dan has gone, I'm still in touch with Chris and John. We don't meet every week, but I still engage with them through text and through face-to-face -face times, and we still encourage each other to pursue Jesus as our one and only goal. Over the last three decades, I have had brief moments where I have not had a spiritual friend in my life because I see how important it is. And so I seek it out wherever I am. And today, I'm so blessed I have two brothers with whom I meet almost every week to encourage one another on our inner world and how we can align ourselves with God's will. But my guess is, um, many in this room and online right now are thinking, well, that's nice, he's a pastor. He's supposed to do that. Uh, but really, it's for everyone. Paul was saying, join me in following this example. And so what I want to do is expand the circle out a little bit and, and have you look at spiritual friendships through um, a different lens. And so I want to invite Tony Rajeb and Michael Miley Ford. And I want to just ask them a few questions, and they share about their experience um, as being spiritual friends with each other. And we haven't scripted this, so let's see how it goes. <laughs> All right, guys, uh, I know that you have been meeting for some time now, and I hear great things that are taking place, but why don't you share a little bit with us of, um, of how this relationship came to be? How did it start? It start? So it's part of God's irony that he uses to teach me about my ongoing challenges with patience and gentleness and about undeserved forgiveness and gifts, because the first time I met Michael was when I chewed out him and Renee and Jen Sanson before I sent my daughter off on the Colorado trip. I think it was reading Dale Carnegie's How to Win Friends and Influence People. <laughs> so kind of put that aside. And then 
Uh, a colleague of mine invited me to the small group that Michael leads on Friday mornings, and it's at 6.30 on Friday mornings, and it's kind of a simple room and just a bunch of kind of ordinary guys. But what I felt in there that first day and about 250 times since then was just amazing. I had never experienced anything like that. And then as that went on at some point, Michael said, would, would you be interested in doing some more of that one-on-one, -on -one, uh, what we do in the small group, which of course was absolutely yes. So it's funny, you guys, you guys got together in kind of a slow sort of way, and now you're meeting regularly. So what do you guys do? How do you, how do you fill your time? Well, we've done just about anything you can imagine guys would do from canoeing, fishing, shooting. Uh, Tony's helped me move furniture and a multitude of other tasks, uh, insulating my basement and the new house we're building. And yet the time that we spend together that to me is, is most rewarding is we get together on Wednesday mornings at Christo's for breakfast, uh, probably not 250 times, but 150 or more. And uh, during those times, we've spent uh, moments of prayer, uh, talking about scripture, and uh, praying for our families, praying for our country, and just getting to grow closer toward our individual, but relationship with the Lord as, a, as friends as well. And yeah. it's incredible to me. Yeah, it really is fun to see how you got, I mean, why stock in Christos? I mean, crazy. <laughs> you guys are eating there so much. Uh, and, and so, we should at least get a discount. Yeah, <laughs> 10% off as they walk in. Uh, yeah, so, so you, you, you came together, you started having these meetings and, and just encouraging each other, and your friendship is more than just this really serious focus on Jesus. There's fun things that you do together. Um, what's been hard about it, or what's been good about it, or what kind of results are you seeing as you guys are getting together? I think that probably it's been a very easy relationship, and, and you know, Tony and I, as you said in your uh, relationships earlier, when we met, we really didn't know if we'd had anything in common, but we've discovered we have and enjoyed things of that nature. But the hardest thing really has been the, uh, the, the years and the times we've been together to see our country and the church go through such divisive things, and things you mentioned at the beginning of the service that are just tearing us apart. And that's caused Tony and me to spend time really reaching out and praying for uh, not only our families, but against the enemy who wants to divide and conquer. And I remember back to a time, and this includes our Friday morning uh, men's group, that we prayed for wisdom and discernment for the leaders all the way from uh, the national level down to our local level, for church leadership, uh, that they would discern and lead us well. But at the same time, we realized that we needed to pray equally hard for uh, grace for those that would do it differently than we do because we're not all going to agree. And we need to give each other grace when I see someone who doesn't do it the way I think they should. Uh, and that's really drawn us closer together as friends, but also just, I think, to the Lord as well. Yeah, that's really cool that you are encouraging each other to see what's going on in the church and the world through a biblical lens. I mean, that's just, I, that's, I'm just, it's striking me right now what that is. I'm watching the clock. I'd love to ask you a bunch of other questions, but let me just say, as you're here, you've got the covenant family in front of you. Is there anything that either of you would want to share about your experience as spiritual friends and, and what God is doing in that? 
Well, I'm, I'm just so grateful for everything that God has poured into me through the Covenant family and through Michael. I, it dawned on me, I know God chose the Covenant family for me. I don't know about the season. I don't know about the timing. But as sure as he chose my own parents that I didn't choose them, he gave me this Covenant family and all the pieces I see that work together, the messages and the youth group and the brothers in the small group and the choir and the music and helping hands group. And I, I can't name it all, but I, I'm just so grateful. Thanks, Tony. And I think the, the thing that I'm encouraged by is just looking forward. I don't know how long the season will last that Tony and I get to spend this uh, time together, but I pray that it's a long time. But I would strongly encourage anyone that has not yet discovered or sought out a relationship that, uh, that Tony and I are blessed with, that uh, you would certainly look for those opportunities because uh, it certainly has enriched, I think, both of our lives immensely. So thank well, you. Thanks, guys. Can we give them a thanks, a round of applause here? Thank you, guys. You know, it, it, it's not easy to be a spiritual friend. There's a level of trust and a level of, uh, of, of faith that goes into that because you open yourself up more and more. But it's interesting that, I mean, these guys have had a great experience, but uh, I need to let you know that not every experience is that delightful. Um, there are times when failure, hurt, and pain becomes the dominant experience among spiritual friends. And yet that's okay too, because that's why faith and trust is involved. They started off slow with, with Tony yelling at Mike. <laughs> and, and, and it slowly built from there. They were able to build a trusting relationship over time. And that's why you don't just dive right in, because you, you need to learn that you can trust this other person. So that when the failures, when the hard times, when the difficulties come, you're already surrendered to the Lord Jesus. The relationship stays like this, and God then uses that, those surrendered hearts for his purposes alone. It's fascinating to see that even the hard things, from misunderstandings to perceived betrayals, the hard things of this relationship to the hard things of this world, like cultural shifts, national tragedies, or unanswerable questions, spiritual friends provide that safe place where we're able to work out our salvation in a way that shows how we can engage the world and engage our own pain in a hopeful way. And when healthy relationships, uh, it's going to benefit other relationships too, right? Because as Tony and Michael are doing this thing together, they're becoming more like Christ and the, their circle expands and they begin to be those that you can follow what the Apostle Paul was saying. Watch them and model after what they do. So the Apostle Paul commands us to keep our eyes on those who live like we do. I want to emphasize this is not about external performance. This is about internal alignment with the way that we live and the only way for me to gain access to what's going on in my own soul, the only way for you to gain access is to allow someone else in who can ask questions and see the things that we can't. And therein is the power of spiritual friendships as we grow as friends. Whether meeting is two, three, or four, and I wouldn't meet more than four. It's really tough with four. Three's a good number, two's a great number. But no matter what number you meet with, spiritual friends are the ones who will fulfill Paul's commands to imitate those who imitate Christ. My screen just turned off. <laughs> so, back to the kids now. 
If you have been drawing that picture, friends, if you've been drawing that picture of the things you do with your, with your friends, I want to encourage you, if, is there something in there that is the way that your friend helps you know and love Jesus better? Is there a way that you can help your friend know and love Jesus better? Because if you do that with your friends now at this young age, I can guarantee you that it's going to bless you more than your parents and more than other adults because you're going to grow up knowing this. You're going to grow up seeing Jesus in this way through other people. And you're going to grow up enjoying the blessing that God has for us in that. And plus, you won't pick up some of the other stuff that I've picked up and others pick up along the way. You won't have to unlearn bad things. So I encourage you kids to go ahead and find ways to help other people know and love Jesus. Our passage today is a response to Paul's statement about bounce, that's been bouncing through my head all week, that one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. So now is the time for us to finally arrive at the front door and just get a summary of the whole text itself. In the section of Philippians we're talking about, not just the part that I'm reading today, but the stuff that comes before it as well, and Brentley preached about it and David preached about it. In this particular section of Philippians, the Apostle Paul is drawing a contrast between those who live with their minds and their hearts set on the love-centered kingdom of heaven, and a contrast with those who have their minds and their hearts set on the self-centered kingdoms of the world. And so Paul writes, Join together in following my example, brothers and sisters, and just as you have us as a model, keep your eyes on those who live as we do. For as I have often told you before, and now tell you even again with tears, that many live as enemies of the cross of Christ. Their destiny is destruction, their God is their stomach, and their glory is in their shame. Their mind is set on earthly things. But our citizenship is in heaven. And we eagerly await a Savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ, who by the power that enables him to bring everything under his control will transform our lowly bodies so that they will be like his glorious body. To be an enemy of the cross is simply to be one who says, I don't think I really need a suffering Savior. I would much rather pursue the things that I hunger for, not what God hungers for. And did you notice what Paul's response was to those who do not embrace the cross? I just, I'm not touched by this. He shed tears of compassion for them. An awful lot like Jesus, the, the one that Paul is trying to emulate, the one that he encourages us to emulate. You see, we know what the future holds. One day Jesus will raise us from the dead. One day he will give us new glorified bodies, bodies that will last forever, will never be sick and never grow weak, bodies that can stand in the presence of God without being burned up. One day he's going to redeem all of creation and he himself will rule over it all with justice, righteousness, mercy, and love. When we join together with others and help each other keep our eyes on Christ, we find that we are strengthened to engage the evils found in the world and engage the evils found in our hearts because we know that our toil in the Lord is not in vain. Now, over the years, I have learned that I cannot administrate spiritual friendships, okay? I can support them, but I can't make them. That's the Holy Spirit's job. So, so if you're interested in getting involved in a spiritual friendship, maybe all you got to do is just pray and ask the Lord to show you who that might be. My guess is it's somebody that's already in your life. It's a Christian that you already know, that you already have a level of trust with, somebody that you may even be meeting with on a regular basis, that all you need to do is say, 
Can we take this down to a deeper level for a change? Go ahead and think about that and see where the Lord might lead. And of course, I would have some suggestions on ways to start or reinvigorate a spiritual friendship. I, I've got a curriculum that I wrote about it that's a little four-session four, uh, thing. I've um, got a lot of other things that you can do. So if you're interested in learning more, go ahead and contact me. Send me an email. Give me a call. I'd love to chat with you in a COVID-friendly way over a cup of coffee or something. We'd talk about um, what God might be having in your life. Because really, life transformation happens best in the context of Christ-centered relationships. And that is what spiritual friendship is all about. Would you please pray with me? Oh, Lord Jesus, we want to know you more. Yet it seems like many times the pleasing things of this world or the worrisome things of this world distract us and cause us to not be able to see what you see. Lord, please show us the person or the people that we can help and show us those who can help us so together we can learn to keep our eyes and hearts fixed on you. For this is the way of life in your kingdom, in your realm. Help us and each other to forget what is behind, to strain forward to what you have planned, and to press on toward the goal of knowing and living for you in fullness. Lord Jesus, make us like you. Make us like you. In your name.